So this is our speaker this, for this month. This is Kim Swartz. She has lived in Cape Girardeau for 25 years. She does know a little bit about raising children. She has four, and she has nine grandchildren. So if you guys ready. Thank you. Thank you. I am so delighted to be here today and you know when you uh, have a passion for something you just think it's something that you're interested in and not really worthy of being shared with anyone else so I was delighted that I was invited to come and that someone thought that protocol or etiquette or manners were worthy of having a presentation particularly in 2014 you might notice that I'm not from here did you notice <laughs> Let me tell you, it gets worse the more nervous that I become. So um, if I can't think about, uh, while I'm trying to think about what I'm saying, I don't really think about how I say it. So my accent gets worse, and I apologize for that. I'm from Osceola, Arkansas, and a very small town of 8,000 people is my hometown, and I was raised when, in the same community with my grandparents, so they had a great influence on me. I was not raised in a family that had much wealth. I was not raised in a family that had much influence, but I was raised in a family that knew God's word, my grandparents, not my own parents, and that required that we have a certain amount of um, courtesy and decorum, and they brought that to us through God's word. So um, I don't think that Emily Post invented etiquette. I think that God did. And I th you have a handout on your page there um, that you can follow through. I'll fill in some blanks for you. Um, as I said, I'm just, I'm tickled to be here, um, and the first scripture, uh, that we'll review, of course, is familiar to you, Luke 6:31. just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them, the golden rule, and I think that's the beginning of etiquette or protocol class. I wrote a, a curriculum some time ago um, and had it intended on starting a class in the area for preschool to sixth graders, and it was called CAPE, and it would be, have been called Christian Academy for Protocol and Etiquette with the, um, with the using the letters CAPE. Um, I didn't end up implementing that program formally because the Lord laid it on my heart that this was not something of which I would benefit financially, but something that I would just share as a passion with others. So I want to ask you, what do you think of when someone says the word etiquette or manners or protocol? What comes to mind for you? First thing, just that quickly, what are you thinking? Please and thank you. And that's where it starts for preschoolers, really. Certainly does. Anything else? No? Well, for me, uh, early on, it uh, meant uh, sometimes my hair being pulled at the, the top of my head because that's how my grandmother would correct me. So rather than pull, t call me out, you know, in front of anyone, which would just be rude, so she, you know, if I said something that wasn't proper, she would just go, just like that, so I knew I had to get back in line. <laughs> that is not going to work <laughs> with my grandmother. So that kept me in line uh, quite a bit. But um, there are reasons, and biblical reasons actually, that we do uh, organize ourselves with each other in such a fashion 
as to uh, display those gifts of the Spirit, of kindness and gentleness and courtesy, those things that are important because God is a God of order. And if we all behave ourselves in a way that shows order, I mean, he created order out of chaos, um, we all get along a lot better. You have a picture of a porcupine on your handout, and I think life can be a lot like a porcupine with, uh, with the spines out, the, the, that we tend to rub up against each other in a prickly way unless we uh, tone it down a little bit or extend our courtesies to each other, and we all get along a lot better that way. It's your responsibility as parents to raise up the child in the way they should go. And uh, you know that, you're participating in MOPS. I admire so many of you so much. It's great for me to see my old apples and my new apples from this year. And those of you who participated know what I'm talking about. And um, it is so easy to do if we do it consistently. And your children will catch on if you uh, impart on them the knowledge that you have. So biblical principle of manners is, is the first reason, because God said this is how we should treat each other. Manners also are an indication of what's inside. That would be the second reason. Uh, how we treat each other, particularly responsibly, is an indication of where our heart lies. The third reason that we would have some reason uh, for manners, or some, um, I don't mean reason for manners, but the reason that we display uh, proper manners or protocol, is that um, it helps us from being embarrassed or embarrassing others. Have you ever seen your own child embarrassed? Have you? It just breaks my heart. I mean, I, I just, I, oh, I, it brings tears to my eyes to see a child embarrassed, particularly by another. And um, I can remember uh, when I left for college, and while in my mother's home, we certainly did practice uh, etiquette uh, in, in, a fam in our family environment. Uh, we were probably, as you are in your homes, not always formal. And when I left for college and I was involved in sorority, I was so grateful. I was scared. If you've gone through that process, it's scary. And I was scared that perhaps I would not know what to do or say or how to act, and I found that I did. And it made me very comfortable. And so I was not embarrassed. Uh, I mean, I told you, I came from a town of 8,000 people. I was inter... Uh, mingled now with uh, women or young women who had been from large cities and I felt inferior already just because of my zip code. So if we know these things, we're, we feel more comfortable and are not embarrassed and our children won't be either. Um, I have a granddaughter that's 14 years old and I see her a lot on Facebook and I'll tell you, and, and she doesn't live here, she's in another zip code. And I keep seeing these things on Facebook that are um, scary to me. It's not like a sexual thing. I don't want to go there with you at all. Not, it's not like that. But just things that they say, terms that they use. And I think when she goes to college, I just hope they'll, you know, cut her some slack. <laughs> because, um, it, well, I, I, I do. I, it's my heart. My heart is for her. I don't want her to be embarrassed. And that, let me go to number four. Another reason that um, we practice uh, proper manners and etiquette is that 
our children will be respected. I have a personal story about this. Um, I am in second marriage right now, which I don't recommend to anyone. It happened to work out well for me. I don't use that as a testimony for uh, giving up when uh, things are difficult. And I want to say that right off the bat. But God blessed me with a wonderful second marriage. And when we married, our children were in elementary. My children were in elementary school. His children were away in Texas. And um, as you might guess, I have taught our children proper manners and respect of others since they were very small. At the age of um, 15, my son decided to move back to Poplar Bluff where his father and his grandparents were. You can imagine the heartbreak that, uh, that I felt for that. But, you know, with much prayer, that's the way it worked out. And uh, he has managed to stay alive and be a pretty good human being out of all that. So um, I... I guess he was probably 17. Uh, my, fun ha my son has more fun than anybody ought to. And uh, I was over there visiting, and one of my old friends came up to me, and she said, Kim, I just want to tell you it's okay, and your son has the sweetest manners that I've ever seen on a young boy of 17 years of age. And he was a, a defensive player on the football team and able to display his nice manners. I can't tell you what that did for me. He may not use those all the time, but when push came to shove, he knew how. And he would particularly do that with adults. Now, I say that, that they will be given respect because of the way they show respect to others. That's what it amounts to. Um, that's how they'll be treated in school, by friends and by teachers, by their coaches. Um, the impression they'll make later in job interviews, it all really does matter. And um, I do want to say this when I say it matters. What others think of your children isn't the bottom line. How you feel about the manners, that's really not the big deal either. The big deal is what God thinks about it. And God has, is the one who initiated the way that we treat others. Ultimately, that's the most important thing, his opinion on the subject. So the Bible doesn't really use the word manners or etiquette at all. Um, it just gives principles. And we know that. The, the Bible doesn't tell us what kind of car to buy, but it does give us the principle that we buy the car that we can afford, not the one we can't. So um, it's the same kind of thing. The Bible does certainly direct us in the way we deal with and interact with others. We really don't have a right to pick and choose what things we're going to teach our kids, do we? We just have to go with it. And when we learn something from Scripture, we learn it with the idea that we're going to obey it as well. So that's my case for why this is important. So what could you, as a preschool uh, mom, teach your children that they could actually grab now and, um, and use? And I've listed those things in your handout. So what? What are you going to teach them? My precious little one isn't old enough to learn etiquette or manners yet. Not true. I have seen and taught three-year-olds in the matter of one hour how to uh, properly introduce an elder person to a younger person, and they get it right. It's sweet. I sometimes can't understand what they're saying, <laughs> but I know the people, so I know they got the names in the right order, and it's just darling. I think the first thing, there's, it's called the great eight, and I've listed them for you. The very first thing is please and thank you. I mean, I don't know if you're one of those moms that taught your kids to sign before they were actually talking. 
please and thank you are two of the first signs that the kids know that and milk and uh, more and you know please and thank you that is so very important let me say too that um, hearing you say it is very important uh, we'll talk later about that but it's huge and it's biblical you know that Colossians tells us to be thankful Thessalonians tells us to do it all the time. So it is a big deal. I'll tell you a little story that is so precious to my heart. Um, there's a family in town, their names are Yates, Margaret and Ted Yates. I don't know if you know them or not. You do? Aren't they darling? He went to school in Arkansas, by the way. And so uh, they had, were not living in Cape, but they were having lunch one day down at Port Cape after church. I think they were visiting their relatives, the McGinty family here. And uh, Pierce, the oldest of the, in fact, the youngest was not uh, born. And so he's sitting up at Port Cape in this little, um, what, uh, what do you call it, booster chair. He was in the booster chair. He had a little short pants with knee socks and saddle oxers. I said, oh, man, that kid is cute. So they're over at their table, and I'm an eavesdropper, and uh, I could hear them interacting. And I do it without eye contact, though, which is right. And... Um, <laughs> So I'm paying, pretending to pay attention to my own table, but I'm kind of hearing what's going on over there. And you know how a waitress will come around with a tray of like eight glasses of water, and she's placing yours and yours and yours. And, and she placed uh, Pierce's little water glass, it was a short glass, right in front of him. And he looks up. He's sitting there in that booster. He's a little sad. Oh, so cute. And he goes, thank you for my water. I couldn't help but just turn around. I mean, I almost fell out on the floor. Tears came to my eyes. I, it was so precious. Now, can you imagine if this was your child? You finish your meal, and some strange lady with a strange accent comes over and says, with tears, I just have to say, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And I did. I'm crying. They're going, who is that? I mean, she is just strange. But that's the effect that it has on people. Thank you is huge. It's just huge. And it's biblical. The other thing I would say is may I is so very important. Not I am uh, going to without your permission, but or I want, I am, give me. The idea of saying may I certainly does imply respect for others, their things, and the, and the child's position. So I would say may I is a real good one to start if you're not doing that now. Excuse me. Excuse me is really big, particularly with boys, because boys like to do things that are not right. I have a four-year-old grandson in town, and he thinks some things are real funny. And I think they're kind of funny sometimes, too, but I don't laugh. Um, so if they're, uh, if they burp, uh, excuse me. See, in the South, we can't even say it. We're like, burp. So you can teach them how to do that, you know, without making a loud noise, by the way. They just keep their lips together. Just, that's, that's good enough. Excuse me. I'm sorry I did that. So excuse me is big. Excuse me is big when noises are made, but it's also big when they want to get their parents' attention and they're talking to another adult. Not just to grab the the hem of your dress and interrupt the circumstance or literally pull you away from the conversation. You can very easily just stop and, <clears throat> and say, excuse me, to the person you're talking to. 
do you see that I'm talking to Mrs. Jones? I will get to you at the end of my sentence, just a minute, and teach them to say, excuse me. You, should, you saw me say, excuse me. You should say, excuse me, as well. And so they're seeing you do it. I mean, it's a teachable moment that quickly. You're going to do what you want them to do, and that, again, is so important that they see you. I wrote down on the page, no thank you, I've already said thank you, right? No thank you and yes thank you. My point is no and yes. It is not nope, it is not no, it is not yeah, it is not yep. It is no and it is yes. They're spelled that way. And um, we get so, um, I, I do it, I'm from the South. We either don't finish our words or we put extra syllables in them. I, I don't know where that all came from, but we do it. So we, we try, if we say it, they will hear it to be correct. And I'll give you an example. Layla, my two-year-old granddaughter, I wish I had slides. Oh, my, my grandchildren are so yummy, I can hardly even stand it. But when she was first talking, she would say, yes, yes. And she put this on the end of it, and I just loved it. And now that she has been talking for a while, she yes. And so I'm constantly going, yes, 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 oh, come back. They can do it if they just know that it's the right thing. The other thing I would say is that um, when someone else thanks them for something, you're welcome is a good thing to learn. It's something that we don't use ourselves very often. We say, no problem not proper. It, no problem implies that there's no effort in it. Everything we do, there is effort in it. So you're welcome is the proper response. Teach your kids that and use it yourself. I'm sorry is a big one. You know, if you are not, um, I, I'll give you another personal example. Last night, I play bridge, by the way, and I run about three bridge marathons in town, and it's a horrible waste of time, but something that I love very much. And so last night, we had our annual bridge banquet that I'm in charge of, and you can imagine, I know Adrian appreciates this, when you're in charge of something, there are 49 things going on over here, and then someone wants to complain to you about something. I don't have, I'm going to use some slang right now. Ain't nobody got time for that. So... <laughs> This girl came up to me and, and she said, Kim, these cards need to be thrown away. They are so sticky. And so, and I looked at her, I'm thinking about all this that's going on, and I said, I'm going to ask you to bring cards next year. And, and, and I was serious. I thought it was a great idea that I would have other people responsible for bringing the supplies instead of me doing it. But the way I said it was pretty direct and... I could have been more gracious. What a great idea. If you have great cards that aren't sticky, maybe you could bring them next year. Might have been better. Instead of going, I'm going to ask you to bring cards. You know. So I called her this morning. I felt so bad about it. It kept me up last night. And I called her this morning. I had to leave a message on her answering machine. And I said, Judy, I'm so sorry if I was curt to you in any way. I love you. You're precious. And I didn't mean that. I had a lot on my mind. And besides that, there's just no excuse for it. Okay, I'm sorry. And I will never do that again. So I'm sorry is something we as adults can display to our children very easily, and they won't learn it unless they see it. Um, I know a couple that 
uh, whose husband never had I'm sorry in his family at all. Our family had I'm sorry a lot because we're kind of crazy and we mess up all the time, so it's required. And um, the other thing, when the children, my children were small, I'm sorry followed by will you forgive me um, was always part of that exchange. And he never says I'm sorry, the husband in this family. And it's heartbreaking to a mother who's used to I'm sorry. Um, they don't ever feel um, as if that uh, she, she never feels that she has been um, appreciated or um, allowed uh, the courtesy and the consideration of someone else making a mistake in the family besides her. Okay? So that's a big deal. I'm sorry is a big thing to say in your household. Teach your children to do that. Now, y'all, I told you that I am from the South, and so ma'am and sir are big to me, really big to me. And that's one of the things that Kevin was so recognized for over in Poplar Bluff was that he ma'amed and sirred. And, um, you know, it's not just a Southern thing. It's a, it is a sign of respect. And God has set an order in our world. He did it, uh, Jesus talks about it as he established the cornerstones of the church with the apostles being recognized as high, higher in the church. Paul also defined it with deacons and elders in your church families. Uh, we are told to respect our parents, uh, to take care of our seniors and of course our orphans. There, our world is set up with a hierarchy in government and we should know respect in our position uh, in the world. And there's always going to be someone under you. There's always going to be someone over you. And that is the way God ordered it. So show respect where respect is due. I still ma'am people that are um, older than I am. Uh, it's precious to me uh, for that for me to hear it, it shows that someone thinks well of me. Don't you want people to know that your children think well of others? I see you as important in my life, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, Miss Brooke, I'll do that. It's sweet to hear from small children. The problem you're going to run into, particularly in the zip code of 63701, is that this is just far enough north that people don't, I mean, they see it as a southern thing. It's not just a southern thing. It's a respectful thing. And so they'll say, you're trying to teach your children to do that, but they'll say, uh, oh, no, they don't need to do that. And then your reply is, yes, yes, ma'am, and they do. It is a sign that they respect you, and I want you to know that they do. So be sure and, and allow your children to show that kind of respect. When you're uh, kind of a... Uh, a manners um, junkie, I guess. There are so many things that you want to share, but I had to kind of pare it down. And I'm not going to even get through these three things, I can see. But, um, and, and I apologize to you for that. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> um, <laughs> joke there. Being introduced and making introductions. That is something three-year-olds can learn to do. Have you ever been in a situation where you were the only one in the room that didn't know everyone else in the room and um, you feel like you're just waiting there for someone to come and say something to you? Your children have that same feeling when they walk into a room and don't know anyone. So give them the tool that 
allows them the confidence to introduce themselves to others. So teaching them how to do that is very important. It can be an exercise, particularly you homeschoolers. This could be a whole, uh, what do you call a unit or a section or a block or, you know, I don't know the terminology for it, but go there. There are six S's in making an introduction. First of all, to stand. If someone else is standing and you want to, um, your child wants to introduce themselves to them, they should stand as well. So you wouldn't see a little toddler going, I'm John, <laughs> but they would stand up and then introduce themselves. Smiling. Let me have you try this. Try saying, hello, my name is, whatever your name is, with a frown on your face. Just try it right now. Hello. A smile is a universal language. Now say it with a smile on your face. It just comes off a little differently. So smile is the second one. It is the universal language. Making eye contact, very, very important. And sometimes it can be very awkward. So you can give this little trick to your child if, they're, you know, want, if they want to duck, <laughs> duck and cover, you know. And that is, if they, if they have a hard time making eye contact, have them go, eye lip, eye lip, eye lip, like that. Hello, my name. <laughs> it's, I'm over-exaggerating it, of course, but sometimes eye contact can be kind of awkward if they're not used to it. So it gives them just a little exercise and, and to kind of fall off the hook a little bit until they're used to it. Shaking a hand. This can be a fun thing to teach your kids how to do. And handshaking, by the way, there's a proper way to do that. And it is not for men to take the hand of a woman like a wet fish. Women get their hands sh shaken at the same way that men do. And we also don't grip till our knuckles turn white. But it's web to web when you're shaking hand, turn to someone next to you and extend your hand until the webs of your hands fit. We don't pump it, it's not a pump, it's just a little jiggle. That's what we do. Okay, that's a proper handshake. You can teach your children that and they'll get a kick out of the practice of doing it. They say that the handshake is a, a is more frequent in the United States or our culture is more warm to the handshake and they say that it came out of the West when they were packing. <laughs> I do have my conceal and carry by the way. Can you just can you just imagine that? <laughs> my husband thinks that's a kick. So um, that's another presentation. But in the West when they had uh, holstered guns and that they would extend their hand to show that they were not um, engaging in an aggressive act. Uh, some cultures kiss on each cheek. We shake hands in America, in the United States, or in the West, I should say. Um, the other thing is to say your name. So you extend, you stand up, you smile, you say, hello, my name is Little Johnny, and extend your hand, and um, uh, using the last name is, uh, is preferred, but even just to say their first name is fine, and then to inquire, what is your name? Or may I ask your name? Either one of those would be okay. And then to have them say their name back again. Saying the name back again is a good practice because number one, it helps them remember their name. Number two, it makes the other person feel good because who doesn't want to hear their name spoken? And it also permits the child to know that they understood it correctly. Some, some names are confused with others. so. Um, 
that's a good practice. The other thing I have listed here is being introduced. Again, handshaking when you're being introduced, um, making eye contact, and then responding in a pleasant way that it's nice to meet you. Uh, or hello, it's nice to meet you. Um, I taught this uh, to Henry, and I, I, I know I'm running short on time and I'm going to have to slip through the rest of it very quickly, but I think this story's worth repeating. Henry's my four-year-old grandson that's here in town. Some of you at Cape Bible Chapel know the, the grandkids that are here. And we were working with Henry on these kinds of um, uh, behaviors. So we're at Christmas and we have a, a table, we kind of have a great room in the area apples, you know what I'm talking about. So we have a large table here, a four top over here, and then there's a little baby table in the middle where my grandkids get to color and play, and it's my favorite place to sit, and Dick sits there with the grandkids as well. Well, Henry, who was three at the time, was sitting across the table from Carr, who is, was two at the time. We're having a, some holiday meal. And so we all sit down, grace has been said, and we're starting to eat, so now it's getting a little bit quiet, right, because we're starting to eat. And Henry says to Carr, so Carr, how's your family? And we're just, <laughs> the whole room just went completely quiet. Conversation. It is biblical. Treat others. I have it listed below in Philippians. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, but let others know you put them higher than you. So ask them questions about themselves. If you're ever going to a party, it's a great party technique as well because you're not talking about yourself or what's going on in your life, but you're showing interest in someone else. So just don't even say anything about yourself unless you're asked, of course, and always turn the conversation back around to them. Always. I have a friend in Carothersville, his name is Ted Street, and he is the, the most um, gallant man I've ever known. He's probably in his 70s now, and I don't care what we ask him, he will give a, an answer and then immediately turn around and change the conversation completely back to us. We, we always joke that you can't get any information out of Ted. He just wants to know about you. And what a great way to be seen, right, that you're so interested in other people. Teach your children to be interested in other people. The value of getting to know others is great. Introducing others, I've given the outline there. Um, about introducing a younger person to an older person. Let me just say, we're all in some position of honor. You're going to be older or younger than someone. Uh, someone's going to have a position that's higher than another. And the way that goes is that the older person or the honored person always receives the introduction. Here's how this goes. Um, Say that I say that you are 80, which I know you're not. Uh, you're precious to your beautiful girl, and I am going to introduce. Tell me your name, please. Laura, Laura to Heather. Heather. Okay, and and Heather is the older of the two. So I will say, uh, Mrs. Bush, I would like. See, I've, I've addressed her first. She's the person of honor. I would like for you to meet Laura. Laura, this is Mrs. Bush. Mrs. Bush is my second grade teacher. Laura's one of my best friends. So that you would always say to the person of honor, I would like for you to meet someone, whomever you are introducing. It's easy for kids to know who the 
person of honor is in the room, right? I mean, they're older or teaching or some, something. In those situations, particularly with, with children. And lastly, table manners. And I, I hate to rush through this, but I really need to. Um, I have a table setting on your table, if you can see it. Now, there is a bread and butter plate there, but I don't recommend bread and butter manners uh, or etiquette form uh, for your preschoolers. That will come in, in elementary school, certainly, but I just put that out there for you. The table is set properly. The utensils are set from the outside of the plate in, in the order that they're probably used first. So, um, and I didn't... I did include a salad fork, but let me tell you, if you're putting salad on your plate and it's not on its own plate, a salad fork is not required. But I would, in teaching my preschoolers how to properly set a table, uh, first of all, you need to properly set your tables so that they'll get used to it, but I have um, taken construction paper and drawn the fork and drawn the knot and let the kids put them like a puzzle where they belong. Um, this is important to have an order um, and how we do things, and there's a reason for it. I have a whole list of other things about the table, but if you want to remember which is correct um, in setting your table, particularly if a bread plate is involved, um, I use a little reminder called BMW so that you have bread on the left, meal in the middle, and water on the right, so your drink always goes on the right, your bread plate always goes on the left. Your forks and spoons come in as you use them. This is very important, if, and I, I just have a, a one set on each table, but I know doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs who use their fork like this. It drives me insane, but it happens because they were never taught, and they have continued in that all their lives. You use your fork like a pencil or a pen. It is held like this, and um, in cutting your food, let me grab one real quick. I should have brought one up. And um, when we're cutting our, our food, we never hold our fork like it's a weapon. <laughs> we always place the fork in the palm of our hands, as well as we do the knife. So you can just hold them just like this, with our index fingers down the blade, and we hold and carve one bite at a time. Now, it's, this is hard when you're teaching preschoolers because they're used to you cutting their food up for them into little pieces all at one time. But the proper way to eat when they go out someplace would be to hold it, cut it, and eat it. Europe the European form of eating is to eat with your fork down, and that's it's okay. In the United States or in the West, we exchange hands and eat. That's okay, too. But this is never okay. They can do it <laughs> and teach them how. It can be a game for them. So I would say that that's pretty important. The last thing I want to tell you about is a napkin. And you have napkins on your table. Why do kids not like napkins in their laps? Do y'all find that with your children? My grandchildren hate to put a napkin in their laps, and I don't get it. I'll say, put that in your lap, and they'll just throw it in the floor. Like, put that in your lap. Just throw it in the floor. It drives me crazy, but that's what they do. A napkin 
It should be placed in your lap, so everyone has one except Heather. Bless your heart and thank you. Um, and it, the fold of your napkin, you only unfold your napkin halfway, and the fold of your napkin will be towards your knees. Okay, so put your napkin in your lap this way. When we pick our napkin up to use it, we reach it from the fold, we dab, we never swipe, and my grandmother said, it's like a V. It's just like a little V. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. We use it before we take a drink so that we don't have mashed potatoes on the edge of our glass and gross the people out that are around us. That's always a good practice. And then we return it to our lap. What has happened here is that you're never going to soil your slacks or your dress because it's always on the upside. When we're ready to leave, say we have to excuse ourselves for the restroom during the meal, we take our napkin, not folded, never refold your napkin. Once you break it out, do not fold it back again and place it in your seat. You'll see in a finer restaurant that the, the waiter will come by and put it on the back of your chair. But that indicates I'm coming back. When you're finished with your meal, you take your napkin and you place it where it was to begin with, to the left of your fork, unfolded. It says it's been used, so wash it. <laughs> so don't fold it back up again. Have you seen a table set and they have their napkins kind of like this with a ring on them? When you set the table, it will look like this with the point up. And when you're finished with it, you don't re, uh, you can re, um, reapply the napkin ring, but you would turn the point down. That indicates it's been used. Okay. Little tip for you, kids don't really need to know that quite till high school, but I'm just throwing that in. That's extra, you don't have to pay for it. I'm just giving it to you. Okay, so uh, other little things about being at the table, uh, which are obvious, I hope, but they can be mastered by preschoolers, would be chewing with your mouth closed, very important. I don't want to know what you just ate. No talking with your mouth full. To me, um, this is biblical. If I, am in, if I am so self-centered that I can't wait to swallow, to share with you what I have on my mind, then, I, you know, that, that's a problem. I can wait. I can listen to you until I am finished chewing, and then I'll share with you what I want to say. So that's a big one. I mean, I think that shows consideration for others so that they don't see the gross stuff that's in my mouth, of course, but also that you're just giving someone else time to speak, and a way to make sure you do that is just not to talk while you have your mouth full. No elbows on the table, of course, and um, eating slowly, not stuffing your mouth. Thanking the people who either serve or prepare the food is very important, and passing, not grabbing. Um, that is so chaotic. Have y'all been at a big Thanksgiving dinner and people are just grabbing and things get knocked over and um, just passing is a good thing to learn. If you're serving too, by the way, you pass to the right. Just your kids don't, they'll just see you doing it so they'll catch on. Is there anything I could answer for you that you might have a question about what we've talked about? And do you think your preschoolers could learn these simple three activities? Yeah? Questions about that? Thank you so much for inviting me, Adrian. I've had a wonderful time coming. I love to share things um, that... Uh, um, 
uh, about manners and about etiquette and about protocol. I have one more little tidbit to tell you. As you're teaching your children about manners, also teach them that they may not use it in, in judgment of others. They are going to be around people who don't know these things. And bless your hearts for teaching it to them. But they may never use it to say, Johnny, you're not supposed to do that. I'll give you an example, an adult example. I gave a, 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 a consult to a business about um, their employees and the etiquette that they projected in a particular situation. And he said, I think my employees really need some etiquette. Etiquette, K-E-T. And, um, and it's pronounced etiquette. So I could have said it's, it's pronounced etiquette. Because, you know, the hair on the back of my neck was standing up just a little bit. But I didn't say it at all. I waited until I had an opportunity to use the word so that perhaps he could hear the difference. So I don't want your children to make others feel badly because they know something that those children don't know. Those children will learn just by watching. So it's not a point of putting ourselves above others, it's a point of putting ourselves below others, really. And uh, be sure to let your children know that as well. Yes, ma'am. Yes, well, I would say elementary age, not preschoolers. It's certainly appropriate. It does. It's a game that in order to get to the end, you have to use good manners. It's a board game. And I think it would be a good resource. Oh, I didn't get to the how. Oh, I'm so sorry, and I am out of time. But these are the ways that you can teach your children um, proper manners. Thank you notes, too. Huge huge. It can be a time of interaction with you and your children. Oh, so much fun. I just love to do it with Henry particularly. Henry, what do you want to say? Because he's not writing yet. I'm going to say what you say. I'm going to write what you say. What do you want to say? I don't know. Thank you. Yes, but why are you so excited about this? Whether it's an activity or um, someone let us come over and see their trains recently. And so we wrote a thank you note for taking the time. And so, what did you like about seeing the trains? And he would say, and I, okay, I'm writing it, I'm writing it. Oh, slow down. You're going too fast, which he wasn't. But it was just, you know, kind of fun that I was his secretary. And a great thing to teach your children. Now, thanks for the question. Anything else? Well, thank you. I'm honored that you asked me to be here. <laughs>